Hello, and welcome to the Empowerography Podcast. This is a platform created for women's voices to be heard and a place to share their stories, journeys, and successes with the world for the purpose of helping other women who might be on similar journeys. We are empowering women one episode at a time. I'm your host, Brad Walsh, so kick back, grab one of your favorite beverages, and enjoy the stories. If you're looking for jewelry that makes an impact on your self-care routine and your style, Empowerography would love to offer you a discount code to one of our exclusive partners, Quartz and Canary Jewelry and Wellness Company. Please use code EMPOWER15 to receive 15% off upon checkout at www.quartzandcanary.com. Quartz and Canary is truly the place where spirituality meets style. Hello there, Brad Walsh here, your host of the Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest is Jennifer Ettinger. She is the founder, owner, and CEO of Fitcher Style, as well as the founder, owner, and CEO of Pink Dreams. How are you doing today, Jennifer? Welcome. Um, I'm doing great, thanks. Thanks for having me today. It's my pleasure and my honor. Thank you so much for taking the time to be here today and share a bit about your story and your journey. I'm honored and so happy to have you here today and hear and learn more about your journey. Well, I love everything you're doing for women, so I'm pleased to be here as well. The feeling is mutual. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> So let's jump right in. As I mentioned, you are the founder, owner, and CEO of Fit Your Style. You are also the founder, owner, and CEO of Pink Dreams. You are the Toronto chapter lead for Boss Talks. An author, you're a social media correspondent. How on earth do you find the time for all of these things? (laughs) Uh, I have a great team, amazing team that helps me with... uh, their skill sets because I can't be well-versed in everything at all. And I believe that you need a great team uh, to lift your endeavors together. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I schedule, 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 schedule. <laughs> so people think I might be, I'm going to say the politically correct word, difficult <laughs> instead of another word. You don't, you don't have to be politically correct. Here. You can say whatever you want. You can witchy. let the bombs fly. It's you all might say witchy, but it's not. It's I have to create boundaries because otherwise I can't get things done. So yeah. the boundaries are to be mutually respected that I'm able to fully be present with you in that time. So right. to answer your question, it's all about boundaries and scheduling and having an amazing team support. I love it. Now, you have said you went from bedridden illness to best-selling author. Can you speak to us a bit about this and tell us about your illness and what that's sure. all about? Sure. So in the 90s, first of all, I'm a type A, surprise, surprise. Um, no. <laughs> total type A. And uh, long story short, I was working my dream job, I thought was my dream job, and it turned out to be the Devil's Wears Prada in disguise, if you've seen that movie. <laughs> and I, had a, I was a case study of uh, autoimmune issues my whole life. And finally, during this quote unquote dream job period of my life, when I had a harsh reality that be careful what you wish for, because it's not always what you think it's going to be. And I always believe now, looking back, that every every lesson has its journey and silver lining. But back then, when you're you know young, you don't think that way. And long story short, I was working my dream, quote unquote, job and wound up with so much stress, Brad. I was gagging like 60 times a day. Oh. I dry a... heave. And oh, so here's wow. the irony is I was working in Hazleton Lanes in this beautiful townhouse 
for one of the most luxurious brands internationally. And there I am in the hallway gagging and heaving because the stress level wasn't the job. It was, how did I sign my signature? How did you make the tea? How did you water the plant? Wow. You have an ethnic name. You're not allowed to use your middle name initial, which I always use my whole life. So the stress of that compounded by my, my life's journey of immune issues mm-hmm. impacted um, where I was officially diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome. Wow. The stress just hit me like a ton of bricks. So I resigned. I, I wound up working for an amazing company shortly thereafter. I still had my illness and I loved what I was doing. still working in my field of um, antiques and auction house. Mm. And the, the pressure was just too much. My body was in disarray. So I wound up very sick with chronic fatigue syndrome where I had to quit my job. I was on disability for about a year. I was pretty much bedridden for a year. Uh, with chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, and it was horrible because I lived this dream life prior to. Uh, I had an amazing life in New York City. I was doing everything I ever aspired to do since I was a kid, and now I'm staring at ceiling tiles. Yeah. So that's pretty much how my whole business was born from, as you say, best-selling author was, and we'll talk about that later, yeah. I'm sure, but from this experience that I had of being so broken, such disrespect disrepair spiritually, emotionally, physically, Yeah, that I realized I had to make a choice in my life and either succumb to that darkness mm-hmm. or try to climb out of it. So how long after that moment where you're in the hallway heaving and all of that stuff and until you actually decided, you know what, I've got to leave this behind me. How long did that, that transition take for you? It took a while because I kept thinking like, what's wrong with me? Like, why can't I handle this? I'm yeah. a, a former New Yorker. I can handle a lot, right? I've got a mouth. I can use my mouth. Yeah. Like, but I didn't in this case. Let me tell you. <laughs> <laughs> and I realized finally that this was so much bigger than myself and that feeling the way I did, this was not normal, regardless of the situation around me. It was kind of irrelevant now about the situation that I needed to take control of my health. Yeah. So I always feel... And I share with my clients, the body is always speaking, but do we listen? So to answer your question, it was probably at the beginning, I would gag a little bit and then it got out completely out of control to accepting this new job. It was probably a year later that I was better. Wow. So you continued on for another year dealing with those issues, those health issues while working. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. It was horrible. (laughs) It was really horrible. I have no doubt. So can you tell us about the best-selling book you wrote and when it came out, how that all came to be? Sure. It's called (laughs) Find Your Inner Goddess. um, And it's a culmination of my background. So my master's degree, I completed my master's and my bachelor's in museum studies. Mm -hmm. My undergrad is in fashion styling, visual merchandising. So think window dresser, mannequins. (laughs) Um, and then I became a certified personal trainer after my illness. So it's a culmination bread of all of those things in one. So we are no longer apples or pears for our body shapes. We are goddesses. Ah, It has a goddess shape. And in the book, it teaches you how to work out for that shape, Mm -hmm. positivity, mantras, identifying what can you change about your body? What can't you so that you learn to work through and get peace with the things you can't change. I can't change my nose. That's right. Right. 
it, when I was a kid, I was always teased about my nose. Yeah. And, and as wisdom comes, like, okay, it's my nose. I love my nose. That's right. And for a lot of women, we don't even know how to navigate the path of self-love. So it's a yeah. book, a workbook of 12 weeks of self-love, of body, beauty, exercise, mantras, and beauty-boosting recipes. Amazing. I love that. Thank so you. I'm going to assume then that this whole thing was born out of what you were going through with your health struggles, right? And then, and also getting into the personal training and all of that stuff. Yeah. So I was bedridden for about a year, as I yeah. shared. And then at that point, I was like, okay, we moved to Michigan. Yeah. Well, in Michigan, there was like one major street at that point in the area that I was in. And I'm like, what am I going to do? I'm a girl <laughs> with a museum studies background and fashion in this yeah. small town. And that's where I worked with my aunt, who's an international master trainer, who's written many, many books. And I said, I think I want to become a personal trainer. And so she navigated and helped me with where I should go to get designated and my courses. And that became Fitcher Styles. So it's a hybrid of the museum studies and the goddesses, uh-huh. the undergrad and the body, and then the fitness. That's the culmination of what Excellent. my brand Speaking is. of, great segue into Fit Your Style. Can you tell us a bit more about what Fit Your Style is all about and sure. how long it's been running and all of that sure. great stuff? So I'm very proud to say it's over 17 years. Awesome. As an Congratulations. Thank you for Fit Your Style. And it, Fit Your Style has a meaning behind it. So Fit is for FIT in New York City, where I went to school. Right. It's also Fit for Fitness. Yeah. Your, your body, your voice, your views, like to really embrace who you are. So I help women find their true selves and style is, Hey, it's got to work for your style, right? (laughs) There's the fashion bit, right? (laughs) That and also, yes, the fashion, absolutely. And also the spiritual and the emotional, like it's got to work for you. You have your voice, you have your body, you have yourself. And now Find the way that works best for you. Find what fits your style. Awesome. I love it. Thanks. (laughs) You, as I mentioned, you're also the founder, owner, and CEO of Pink Dreams. Can you tell us a bit about Pink Dreams and what that's all about? Sure. So that was totally serendipitous. I was not planning to open another business. Mm -hmm. Thankfully, I'm married to a CPA. (laughs) (laughs) And I have great lawyers. (laughs) That helps. Knock on wood. (laughs) So um, it happened because I was working in the world. I I wound up and fell into the world of social media through a community on Facebook. And Pink Dreams Inc. was created because I was now getting official requests from Canadian companies to work with them to help them find their voice or create communities for their brands or help entrepreneurs find their way through social. And so I finally went, to my husband, I think I need to become official with this. Yeah. Because uh, I was working it so much on the for fun on the US side of things. And I'm like, we need to become official. So we became um, a, uh, Inc. maybe five years ago now. Okay. And I have an incredible crew of people that I work with that are social media correspondents across the United States, across Canada, and into Norway, depending on the project. Wow. So how did that transition then? So you were in fitness when you're in Michigan <laughs> yeah. and then I'm assuming your next step or cycle was into this social media world and all of that and then pink dreams and then fit your style. But how did that transition happen from fitness into social media? 
Yeah, great question. So um, we moved from Michigan to Toronto mm-hmm. the first time. And when I was in Michigan, I started to write for magazines and kind of dabble a little bit in media. Yeah. And when I moved here, it was suggested, why don't you look at regional television? So thankfully, they accepted me and I became a regular guest, which then turned into two regional television shows, which then through the social community and the book coming out, the book you did ask me came out in 2012, 13. Right. I posted something on social media to this community that I was part of on Facebook for the Ricky Lake show. And I said, I was going out to California. The Ricky Lake show. Yeah. I was part of the Ricky Lake community. (laughs) It was just a free community where people came together, but here was the brilliance, Brad. She had the vision with her producers that, Hey, why don't I look at my community for the, for content, for reaction, like, for those that are invested in me. And that was my first experience with an invested community. So I saw all these cool kids in California and I'm like, Oh my goodness, they're so cool. Like I want to be them and I want to meet them. So I had posted pink dreams. I'm coming to LA. Who do I want to meet? And I tagged a a well-known makeup artist and a person who was part of Ricky Lake show. Yeah. Ricky Lake show did end, unfortunately, yeah. but he still responded. And he was the former TMZ supervisor of social and was at Entertainment Tonight and Insider. So do, again, answer your question. He said, <laughs> come on out to California and come on a tour. I went on a tour of Insider Television. I sat in the host seat. And I'm like, this is fun. <laughs> and they're asking me all these questions, Brad, about my book. And I'm like, well, they're nice. Like, yeah really engaging. I was, yeah. wasn't expecting that, just a tour and get out. Yeah. Like, we want you to become a commentator for us. Wow. We want you to come back tomorrow. And I couldn't, they're like, come back Monday. So it was my first national television experience. And then four weeks later, they're like, we want you to join the Twitter Roddy. And the Twitter Roddy is a group of collective people that come together and share their views. But the beautiful thing is we were invited to come on set and cover the biggest red carpet events ever. So the TV, the regional television and the book really became the conduit of interest. So I am so incredibly grateful to Rogers and regional television for yeah. all that they taught me because I don't have a media background. Right. Look at you now. <laughs> it's so Love funny. It. So I'm so grateful for that chapter because that shifted everything. The book became the conduit for sponsorships. The TV shows became the conduit for social. And then it all came together where this new role of social correspondent happened. And then a few years later, you know, the need for Pink Dreams Inc. to become an official company. The perfect storm. Pink storm. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. (laughs) So red carpets and and all of that stuff, you do quite a bit of that hosting and, and those events and whatnot. Can you talk to us a bit about what it's like to be part of these events and to be part of that world for you? Like, how was that experience? Wow. You know, the life has changed a lot. So my last red carpet was Oscars 2019. I've covered them for eight years. I've been on the carpet for three, four or four of those years. Okay. Um, And then my last like official traditional entertainment has been 2020 with COVID. Yeah. What a ride. And you never, never say never as the world opens up again. What a ride. Like, I can't even explain to you the first time. First of all, I wanted to throw up. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm not going to lie. Like yeah. the first time I stood, let's well, fast forward to the re- Oscars red carpet. The very first time I stood on an Oscars red carpet and I'm working by myself because I'm covering the talent. I'm supporting uh, the various shows that I work with. And then I, I, you know, I'm covering behind the scenes. So a lot of the time I'm by myself. Right. So that's why I always have selfies because there's yeah. no one else around me. I can bug to get a yeah. photo. But standing on that carpet, people have no idea how majestic the Oscars are. And the draping of the silver and gold uh, thread, metal thread that's coming down. And the energy is just electrifying. That I was just like, how did I wind up here? Pinch myself. And, right. And every every year I would pull, well, I shouldn't say I'd pull. The, the carpet would pull away from all the yeah. traction. And every year, Brad, I would take a little piece of the red carpet, <laughs> put it in a baggie it. with the date, yeah. just to have that incredible memento. That's awesome. Yeah. So to say, I'm not going to lie. Each time is like, it takes my breath away. The yeah. energy, the, just the, and I have to share that everyone I've met has been so wonderful. Yeah. Cause awesome. they're human. I love it. Yeah. So how would you say these experiences of working in the world of celebrity and, and red carpets and whatnot have helped and prepared you for your role as a CEO of your companies now? That's a great question. Thank you for that. Here's the answer. People don't realize the frenzy that happens behind the scenes. When you see a photo or you see the end result, there has been a boatload going on behind. Right. And what I've learned is that you can have the most perfect executed plan. And the minute you go live or about to go live, it all goes out the window. <laughs> yeah. All of it. Yeah. So as a CEO, I have learned that I might have the most structured, beautiful plan and then something shifts, you have to be able to be adaptable. So for anyone that wants to go into the entertainment world, anyone that wants to be an entrepreneur, you need to be able to get out of your own way. Yeah. I have a fun story I'll share about the red sure. carpet. I was covering the Golden Globes and we had a plan and I was supposed to be in a suite where I had the bird's eye view so I could cover all the fashion that was happening of the carpet and I get into my suite <laughs> And I'm facing the parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> and so we make a few calls and they're like, oh, nope, we can't switch it. Uh-oh. So here we are. We have announced I'm, I'm going to have this bird's eye view. Like <laughs> I have a team across the United States, across Canada, Europe, all ready to go. Like they're in play to comment on everything. Oh. And this is happening in real time. And this is a case where it's like, take a deep breath. Just go with the flow. Yeah. So I had to run down to the lobby and just cover whatever I could cover uh, that was newsworthy. Wow. Your heart must have just sank, though, to when you first got up to that suite and looked at the, what the fuck is this? You know, it's happened so many times now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a big one. But I have to say that you just learn to be adaptable, I guess. Even though I do, I'm sure I suffer from anxiety from all yeah. these experiences. Yeah. You have to learn sink or swim. Media. Well, you have to. You have no choice. I always say media has no time, but it's but its own, and you have to be adaptable. And if you can't, it's not for you. It's okay. (laughs) I love that story. That's a great story. (laughs) It's just an attestment to your character that you just because you've been in that world, you just 
this is what's got to be done. That's all there is to it. There's no way around it. You, yeah. you said you sink or you swim. That's it. And I think that's really important for entrepreneurs to realize. I have for another sure. quick one because I just love this one as much. Well, um, I mean, you've got to have, you I do have to have, sorry, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, you do have to have a plan, as you said, but yeah. you can't stick to that like staunch and, and that's how it's going to go. Because it doesn't. And this is a perfect example. I was covering a, a music show for Canada yeah. and had my role, my plan, and I'm on the way to the set. You know, I'm like, yeah, I got this, feeling a little cocky because I know what I need to do and I'm yeah. comfortable with it. Yeah. We were comfortable. And I'm on the way there and they send me a message. They're like, okay, well, you're going to interview uh, George, Boy George, when yeah. you get here. Yeah. And I'm like, interview Boy George? Like, I didn't even plan to interview Boy George. And it's Boy George. Like, I grew up with Boy George. I have to be prepared for Boy George. So they're like, we'll put you in a room. You can just take a little time until it's time for you to interview him. And I'm walking down the hall. And I'll never forget, this was another throw-up moment. Yeah. I'm walking down the hall. And they're like, by the way, you have to interview him in front of all the other outlets. Oh. And we're talking... They've got teams and cameramen and women and producers and they're in their like tribes. Yeah. I come in with my iPhone. Yeah. Hi. So I meet, <laughs> I'm, here. I meet I'm here. So I meet George and there's great light in the center of the circular room and around me are these fabulous guitars. And so I suggest we go over to the corner where the where the to get the hell out of the way of all yeah. these people. Because now I'm like, this is just too much for me to take on. Like, yeah. I can't even compute. He goes, no, 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 no. This lighting isn't good. Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I said, well, George, I just want to say, I, I want you to understand that this is very organic. I just used my phone. He goes, organic? I hate organic. Oh, no. oh you're going to make me feel like a dirty vegetable. <laughs> and I'm like, this is so wrong. Now he's teasing me. Yeah. He puts me right in the middle of the light, oh. right in the middle of everyone. Yeah. And now I'm like going to get sick on his shoes. <laughs> Here's what he did. He grabbed my shoulder yeah. to tell that I couldn't even breathe. And it wasn't yeah. even at this point of interviewing him. It was because of everyone around me and not accepting this girl who works off a phone. And who is she? Like, she doesn't have the look. She's not the age. She's not that cookie cutter right. template like me, yeah. why are you here yeah and I allowed that energy to affect me and he grabbed my shoulder and he looked at me in the eyes and he said don't be shy with me and the rest of the ice just broke and we had wow. the most incredible time together that is what an incredible story I love that thank you that's why I wanted to share it I just that one is of my personal so favorites amazing and how it's long such- did you how long like did they when they when they told you you're going to interview George did they mm. tell you how long you would have with him or um normally it depends on feels like on how many other interviews he has they might say you need to get in and get out right and George loves to talk <laughs> <laughs> to listen but I eventually had to like find a pause and like shut it down because I could have talked to him all day but he had a whole room of people waiting for him so sometimes I'll know sometimes it's instinctual yeah um, just on the energy of what's happening um but it was one of the most beautiful heartfelt times he's the most incredible human being ever I was gonna say the energy must have been pretty incredible so how long did that interview last how long did you have with him wow it's on YouTube I'm not oh, is sure. It? Yeah. I'm not sure if it was like, 
to me in maybe 10 minutes. Yeah. Right? Like that kind of thing. But he was just so in tuned. He really respected my questions to be of value just like anyone else's. And I have so much respect for that. Was that one of your, shall we say, high points in terms of interviewing um, celebrities? Was that one of your favorite or best? Um, one of my favorites. I've had yeah. Jan Arden, Dr. Oz. Russell Peters is the best. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> I won't even go there. Um, yeah, I've had um, Patricia Arquette. Um, Cripe, I'm trying to think of so many, so many people in my lifetime. Um, some of your favorite television shows, especially if they're on particular, particular Canadian network, yeah. this is our, I've interviewed them. Who would you say then is one of, is, has been your favorite interview or one of your, your top, let's say your top three. Um, I would say definitely uh, Russell Peters is fun. Yeah. Just like I mentioned, Boy George Yeah, and John Favreau. Okay. John Favreau. Yeah. So John is part of the Marvel and, yeah, he is so kind, so awesome. Um, and I love when people, oh, and you know what? I have to say another one too. Yeah. Uh, MasterChef Canada, Claudio Aprile, yeah. um, Michael, such genuine good guys. Jan Art, I said Jan Art, and she was yeah. amazing. And it's interesting that all the ones that I just shared had a correlation of like human connection. Right. So there's different ones where you go in and it's a game face on and you just get the interview done and you and get out. the key things in and out. Yeah. All of these people afforded me an entry point to get to really know where they would allow me to know them. Yeah. And one of the beautiful things that I've been shared, especially with, with some of the people I mentioned, was you went you go a different way than a traditional interview. Yeah. And and you open the pathway to substance. And I really, it really resonate with that. And, and that helps entrepreneurs and that helps entrepreneurs with their social media to open the door and pave their way to yeah. sharing substance. For sure. I love the boy George story. That's amazing. <laughs> the dirty so vegetable. I thought it was all over. <laughs> I, I would have been like a sinking down in my, in my, within myself. Like, oh my God. Did I really I have to say, that? I only had ever in my career one person who was not nice. Really? That's really amazing. Wow. When the interview was just a shit show, it was terrible from the start or? Yeah, she just wasn't uh, open and she yeah. was condescending and it was not a, a feel good at all. Like that, and- that, how do you, how do you deal with that though? Being an interviewer mm-hmm. and speaking, how, I mean, how does the interview go? How do you plow through that and continue on with your game face, as you say? Mm-hmm. And put on this and finish this interview when it's going that badly. How, how are you dealing with that in your head? Um, I don't feel like danger. Will Robinson, like nine one one sirens because I'm like, okay, there's obviously more here, whether she doesn't like my look, my personality. Right. This wasn't a case where we were on set with a show and we were doing fun, like boomerangs and they were doing hashtag signs. And I'm yep. like, well, okay, well, we're just going to have some fun now and have you do hashtags like use your personality. Yeah. And, um, I didn't know my handsome personality. Like, oh. oh, did you hear? And then it, did you hear that? She's telling us her hands have personality. 
And I'm like, wow, no, I want you to utilize your personality and have fun. Like, yeah. I'm like, if you don't want to do it, that's fine. Like we can, we can just end it. And we wound up doing it, but I was like, you know, I'm just not going to own your stuff because at yeah. the end of the day, I give you credit for the skill set that you do yeah. and the work that you do, but you're just a human being. And I think that's been the success of the work that I do that. Yeah. I fangirl times internally yeah. uh, on certain people, but they're human people. They're human beings. That's it. And I think that we as a society get so caught up in this celebrity culture and elevating these people to a whole other level where no, they're just human beings. Just like us. They just make a hell of a lot more money than we do because of their skill set. But when it all comes down to it, they're just human beings. Exactly. We don't, we got to stop putting them on a pedestal. Exactly. And put the right people on a pedestal. If there even are the right people to put on a, like I put a brain surgeon, exactly. uh, frontline yes. workers on a pedestal. Yes. Those are the people to me in my world should be on a pedestal. But yeah, there these- are a lot of people out there doing a hell of a lot more important and better work that should be raised up. Not exactly. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. And I think that really has been the conduit of my outwardly success is that I just don't get caught up in, in all of that. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. But do you, it doesn't define who I am. Do you think that helps you though, when you go into these situations to maintain that attitude and mindset that they're just people, I would think that that would benefit you going in as an interviewer to speak with these people. Absolutely. For sure it does. And again, my style has been my own. And I don't mean that like, again, from an egotistical perspective, no, but no. a journalist is always supposed to be neutral. Sometimes I don't go in neutral. Like with boy George, I did not go in neutral. Boy George... <laughs> I, I grew up with you. Like, yeah. I love you. Like, I can't tell you how important this is to me. Thank you for affording me this opportunity. Yeah. So a traditional journalist would not do that. Yeah. But that's the beautiful point of how I was trained in California was to go back to and back to fit your style. Like, find your voice, find your style, yeah. be you and have the courage to find a way to make it work. Yeah. To speak your truth. I have to find that interview. I have to see it. <laughs> I'm so intrigued. I think I love the story. I think it's amazing. <laughs> so as mentioned as well earlier, you um, are the chapter lead for Boss Talks in Toronto. Can you tell us a bit about what Boss Talks is all about? Sure. I love Boss Talks Network. Uh, Hillary and I, one of the founders, Gadsby, go way back into my California red carpet days. And she had this, this incredible vision and she brought on an amazing partner, Wendy, and they created Boss Talks Network to become a global community for women. Okay. Um, prior to COVID, it was at beautiful hotels and luxurious spaces, but always with an intimacy of a fireside chat where there was going to be connection. So yeah. whenever I explain, you know, this network, I'm like, no, 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 it's not like your traditional network. It's got the California vibe right. running through it. And what I mean by that is there's a vibe of these women are highly successful from the outwardly perspective, right? but they're genuine and they're caring and really interested in lifting and supporting other women. So now there are uh, city leads across the United States and to Canada, and it's vastly growing. And I have the honor of being the Toronto city lead, which I kept saying no to. Oh, really? Uh, I did because the thought of having to curate and run my own events, I was just not interested in it. Um, (laughs) 
after the frenzy of departments don't talk to one another. So Brad, I would go to interview one outlet and yeah. then like an hour later, I'd be another outlet. And the next morning I have to be another outlet. Like I love, loved it, but I was choosing no longer to be in that chaotic frenzy. Right. Right. So there was a concern of, Oh, do I want to do this? And then when, when the world went virtual and they're like, yeah. Hey, you can start off virtual. I'm like, Oh, now you're speaking my <laughs> <in>. talk. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> and I'm so glad I did. And I'm so glad I got out of my own way. Yeah. Because there will be a way when we open up again and we will have a plan for all of that. Yeah. But it has been an incredible opportunity to have amazing women uh, where I can have conversation, fireside chats, just like we're doing now. Yeah. Um, relaxed. That's still having, give some meaning. Let's, right. let's, let's get there. Let's just not keep it to talking bites or sound bites. Yeah. Um, so anyone from Eva Redpath, who is one of Canada's like master fitness professionals to Jordan Stewart, who is part of the New York <clears throat> Fashion Week designer, like uh, this week coming up will be Catherine Valinga. She's the co-founder of Zerkova Vodka. Wow. Um, talking about disruption. Uh, it's just incredible. Like these, we have had Alessandra Pachon. She wrote the Cuban that was up for an Oscar. The Oscars are Sunday. Yeah. There was a lot of buzz around it. So really powerful women that have the genuine interest of giving back to other women. So what then, can you tell us a bit more about your role as the, like what's involved in what you do for Boss Talks? So I host the interviews and I, I find the talent as we call it in the entertainment world. So, uh, but I have incredible support from the network. Should I say, Hey ladies, can you want to help me? You have someone that you would like me to interview. So we're able to curate and build the Toronto community through our interviews, through our social platforms. Um, and then also I serve as a mentor in addition okay. to the role as city lead. Okay. So in addition to conducting the interviews and, and curating and building community, I serve as the mentor. So on next week, I'll be talking about how Twitter basics right. and how to get part of Twitter community. Cause tweeting and Twitter changed my life. And then right. a lot, there's a lot of fear around it. So as a mentor, each quarter, I share different attributes of social media to really okay. help already understand their possibilities. So do you yourself choose the women that you want to bring into the and, and speak? Like, do you choose Most those of, women? Yes. Yeah. Okay. So now, of course, we're in the online space, so the women attend online, Zoom, yes. or whatever platform you're using. But mm-hmm. when this does shift back to in-person, how will your role change in that regard? Yeah, well, we'll have to see and, and plan for that. I have an amazing community manager. She's just stepped into that official role as community manager. Yeah, um, I believe in letting others lead. So whether um, she takes on additional responsibilities or, you know, we're going to cross that bridge when we come to it, I will absolutely still be involved. I'm so grateful for it. It has been like the rainbow in in the COVID situation of not only the women that I have the opportunity of interviewing, but to be a part of just an audience of the other dynamic, extraordinary women that are a part of this network. So I'm also learning. I'm taking right. on the, the role of student and it's a beautiful space to be in. 
Um, you know, I already have a few irons in the fire and ideas for when things <laughs> I'm sure happen. You do. I'm not surprised. <laughs> <laughs> Darn it. I was all excited. I had it all ready to go yeah. and then we closed down again, but it's going to be fun. How often are these meetings held currently then where you have a, a guest speaker mm-hmm. come in and then, um, preceding that, how often do you meet, like, do you have your meetings where you're, you're being a mentor and helping mm-hmm. the women of the network? How does that work? So I have a guest once a month. Okay. And then I mentor, uh, once a quarter. Okay. And then I meet with my team twice a week to cultivate what we can do for our community. What other opportunities can we present to them? Yeah. So it doesn't end with that. It's okay. a constant social Rolodex of it doesn't matter if you're in Texas. And if I have something within my world and means that could benefit you, then, then we're going to make sure you get that. So we do right. something called quick pitch. Okay. Also, so we get together once a month and our members can come on, our premium members can come on and say, Hey, I really want to get on podcasts or I, I had someone come to me and say, I have a screen. I re- I've written a screenplay. Yeah. Can you get it in front of someone? Well, I just connected her to the ghostwriters of the hangover trilogy to read right. their screenplay. So wow. you just never, what an incredibly powerful tool and network. Yeah, it really is. And, and I love yeah. that we're all in it together that yeah. I'm, I believe the more you give, the more you receive, the more you receive, the more you give. And it's a beautiful synergy that we have. So how and who can get involved? Who can become a member and how do women become members of this incredible network? Oh, great question again, Brad. Um, (laughs) So you can go to bostocknetwork.com. We have a free community because we really wanted to make sure that we would be of service to all uh, entrepreneurs and women that want to be lifted. So you can join the free, which means that like, for example, with my next interview, you can pop on, you can be a part of that. And then depending on the situation, then we do close and we have a lot of back end premium um, opportunities for premium paid members, but you can just go on to either my boss talks Toronto, if you're in the region and you can go to the link tree and just sign up for free and you could dabble around and see if it you know resonates with you. Awesome. Well, there you go, ladies, for anyone who's listening and is interested Sounds like an incredible network. So I suggest you all check it out. So Jennifer, of all the hats you wear in terms of your businesses and roles, which one would you say is one of your favorites or is your favorite? Can you choose a favorite? (laughs) I can't choose a favorite. I love them all. And that's the, I I love the diversity. So today I have the interview with you. I'm working on a social plan and then I'm training a client virtually. Like it's all over, but it all makes sense to me in my world. So I don't believe in do thing, do something, do one thing and do it well. I never right. have. And I actually asked Brad, a psychologist, I'm like, do I have ADD or something? <laughs> <laughs> and she said, no, you have cross neurotransmitters in your brain, which allows you to do multiple things at huh. the same time and do them, quote unquote, semi well, I guess. <laughs> Let's just say you get, you do them well. How about Thank that? you. Thank you. <laughs> um, so I just love the diversity, but too, what I love is impacting people, yeah. whether it's through social plans, whether it's their health, whether it's holistic well-being, whether it's through an interview and really getting something across that's going to help other people. That to me is the secret sauce. Love it. What inspires or excites you the most about all that you do in your businesses? 
I think again, just impacting people's lives. I'm not motivated by money. I I should be a little more (laughs) than I am. (laughs) I'm not going to what I've done. Okay. Yeah. Um, But that's not my motivator. My motivator is impact and change. And so when a client comes to me and I see that they've shifted again, whether it's no matter what modality it is that we're working in to me, that's like, wow, like what a gift that I had an opportunity to be alongside of them on this journey and to be uh, a source of light or guidance for them. I think that we, as people need to do more of that when we, I find that when people start chasing the money, that's, that's where problems start and that's where you go wrong. I've always heard that if you find your purpose and what you do in life and what you love, the money will come. It just takes time to get there. So I think we all need to be more of that mindset. I mean, think about all the time we spend working in our lives. Why wouldn't you want to be doing something that you absolutely love doing and have an impact on other people and give back to other people? Well said. I am totally with you. And the money does come. The money yeah. will follow. Yeah. I, and as an entrepreneur, and I think it's important for women to know, there are highs and lows yes. and ebbs and flows. So there has been times where, <laughs> you know, our peak is like a six-figure income uh, company, running yeah. a company. But then there were times where I had to sell off my Chanel collection. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> to pay my independent contractors. And I sold it to my best friend and bought it back eventually. <laughs> there it took you me go. years later. That sounds ridiculous, but they were gifts. They were things that were really important to me (laughs) that I wanted to pass on to my daughter. But there were times where I paid everyone else that had no money for myself. Yeah. So we're constantly shifting and ebbing and flowing. And one really has to, as a woman entrepreneur and business owner, like understand and be at peace with that. Because it's not all unicorns, lollipops, rainbows, and pink. No, it, it, I'm pink. I like that there. <laughs> you had to throw that in there. It truly is a roller coaster ride, yeah. 100%. But it's, it's, I would not trade it for anything. It's the most incredible ride. I agree with you. Absolutely. To date, what would you say is your biggest high or your greatest win? Hmm. I have to say my last Oscars was pretty amazing. Um, I had a huge opportunity and huge role, not only to support the red carpet for the Oscars, but I was also responsible for hosting um, for a very large network entertainment show, their party. And in addition to creating the party, which was new and organizing the party, hosting the party, we trended them globally. We trended a Canadian show globally on Oscars weekend, which is really um, something I'm very proud of because the odds were (laughs) (laughs) against you (laughs) against me, (laughs) (laughs) but that comes back to having amazing people, right? I could not do this on my own at all, nor would I ever pretend that we have amazing people that come together. I love that you give the credit to your team that surrounds you as well, because a lot of people wouldn't do that. They just take the credit themselves. So I think that's very admirable. That's an incredible quality you have, Jennifer. Well, I appreciate that, but it's, it's the reality. Yeah. right. It is the reality of things. And I, I believe in holistic leadership. It's something that I've taught for many years um, on a podium at conferences for leaders. And I've had enough joy in my life. I've had enough progression in my life. This kind of goes back to boss talks too of being in the front, what I call the front stage. Yeah. Uh, there's front stage and backstage. Even now as things ebb and flow, I'm yeah. really happy backstage. I'm very happy there. 
I'm very happy to see other incredible individuals take the front stage and watch them soar and grow and to work it all together. I don't have, it's not me, myself and I, when it comes to pink dreams and my business or my community, I want to see my other correspondents conduct interviews or be in the spotlight because they deserve to be there. Yeah. And we all lift each other up. That's the beautiful thing of community. That's exact. As a community, we thrive. Everybody wins. You cannot lose with community. You just can't. I agree. Incredible. I love it. What do you think your unique skill set or superpower is that's helped you become successful, Jennifer? Great question. I'm a spiritual girl that works in a social media, entertainment, fitness, and holistic world. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I think there's a song in there somewhere. So I really think that um, the work that I do on myself, I've had mentors now. One has been my mentor for 27 years. Wow. Other mentors that have been with me for about five years. It's that self-awareness and self-growth piece and self-understanding and humility and understanding your ego and when you make mistakes and to learn how to apologize. I really believe that all of that self-work helps me run the way that I do, the outwardly yeah. work. And so I think that's really the foundation of all that I do. Amazing. So speaking of success, how do you define that word? What does that word mean to you? It means freedom, peace, and joy. Love it. What would you say is one of the best pieces of advice you've ever received? One of the best pieces of advice I ever received was from one of my mentors, Nikki Anderson. She was one of my first mentors in fitness. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're still connected on social media today. And she, I love it because she'll cheer me on and it just brings so much joy to my life to see her there. And she taught me at a very young age that Jennifer, get involved in your community. And when you get involved in your community and it's genuine and you mean it, there's always going to be naysayers and people around you. It's just part of life, but your reputation is going to withhold and stand for its own self because of the genuine givingness that you're giving to other people. And I think that really has stuck with me that giving back, there's so much beauty in that. And the fact that let the rest go. There is honestly no feeling comparable in the world. I don't think that I can think of better than giving back and, and seeing the impact that you have had on another person, giving back to a human being and have it impact their lives. There's nothing better than that. And you're doing it right now. So thank you for well, impacting I, my life and doing this. I, I love doing this. This lights me up. It's I love being able to have these conversations like this with incredibly inspiring women like yourself. And it's just, it, it completely sets my soul on fire. I love it. Oh, that's amazing. I love it. What makes you feel inspired or like your best self? Honestly, I stay in my pink bubble. To <laughs> 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 be honest. Um, I stay in my pink bubble and I believe I'm always being a constant student. So like during COVID, I went to Yale and uh, finished a class on the science of well-being. I'm back in school for human behavioral change. I'm at school right now at U of T for mental health complexities (laughs) because those are all things that affect me or my clients. So I guess that's my own um, quest for adventure and education and knowledge is what inspires me because then I have the tools perhaps to share my story. I'm never here to tell anyone what to do. Yeah. I'm here to share my story. I'm here to share the tools that have worked. 
um, to hopefully make an impact to others. So all that you're doing right now, plus all of this other school and wow. I'm I'm behind. (laughs) I'm behind right now. (laughs) You are such an inspirational. This is, that's incredible. I think it's amazing all that you're doing and it's all, yes, of course, to, to benefit you, but in turn, what benefits you benefits your clients and your I community. hope so. I hope so. so. Cause then I'm just incredible. Thank you. I'm better positioned to be of service. Yes, exactly. Exactly. What was a turning point in your life and how did that affect you? Hmm. A few years ago, I had a core group of people that I considered my family that I loved in the social media world. And during this time, as I was developing a new leadership role, one that was not accustomed, normally I was just like the go with the flow girl of the group. But now I became the leader of the group and I had to become the leader of the group for this particular, these particular projects, because I was the one retained to be the leader of the group. And that really affected our dichotomy. Um, it affected our relationships and to a point where I knew intuitively that things were off. There was a lot of stress, called it out, was told, no, 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 everything's fine. And on one of my Oscars day, it literally blew up in my face in real time. Oh. And it was ho- horrible, just beyond horrible. Just high school texting just really wanted to see me fail on one of my biggest career days where we all were in this together. We all were being retained for this, but it was almost like, let's just watch her sink or swim. And I was heartbroken. I grieved for about two years um, because I love, I still love these people. We're human when people make mistakes and I was learning as I go, but I'm not manipulative. I'm not a person to, want other people to fail. That's just yeah. not who I am. Yeah. So that turning point turned into the following year where, as I shared with you, one of my biggest career accolades was that following year. And right. I'm really proud of that year because a lot of people thought I'd fail. Because of what happened the previous year. Right. But all you did was move into a role that you were given. You didn't spitefully do something to hurt someone or harm someone or I guess that speaks to their character and that that's horrible. That's so sad that it it was really hard. I'm sure. Yeah. It broke my heart. No doubt. Lost. Cause these were my people that flat tire friends, you know, flat tire. These would be my friends. These were my peeps. Yeah. So I think it just comes down to, again, a good learning lesson of when your intuition is twinging to kind of go a little further with it. Um, but I was in such a stress zone and, and such a level of high responsibility yeah. that I had to take everything at face value because I didn't have additional time to try to like keep probing. Right. Right. So maybe I would have done that differently looking back, but yeah. I think for anyone, when we go through that, like in the last six months, I've been told I am in, a pioneer in what I do to you have no integrity <laughs> and you have no plan and no value. <laughs> and, and, and both of those, they don't define me. Either one of them define yeah. me. Yeah. So I think when we get comfortable in our skin and understand the outward voices and how to manage them, we can be at peace with whatever comes our way. It is It is tough to deal with that external noise because it comes at us from everywhere. It's like sound bites always constantly coming at us. And it, it's hard to navigate through that and deal with that. Not to mention 
this and hear the internal noise in our own heads. And as you have said many times on this chat, getting out of our own way that like, I mean, that in itself, I think that is worse than the external noise, but that coupled together with that, that, that battle is very, very tough to navigate. And I work on that on a regular, regular basis, right? Between my mentors, meditation. I mean, it is a daily, it is a weekly, it is a bi-weekly, and yeah. it is a monthly process. With I don't think that ever stops. Place. No, not at all. Wow. And we're human. And I think yeah. we have to realize that we beep up, right? We do. We make mistakes. Yeah. We have egos, whether they're not, you know, mean or malicious, we still all have egos. We have to manage all of that. We are human beings, but to try to come to that middle. But I had one great woman say to me during all that breakup, breaking up is hard to do. And sometimes (laughs) we don't get to put the pink bow on closure. Ah, Very interesting. That's a good way of looking at it. So we have to find our own closure. Yeah. Very wise. Very wise. Okay, Jennifer, we're going to do a little uh, rapid fire section here. So the next group of questions will just be like two, three word answer type things. All right. Okay. How would you describe yourself in one word? Pink. (laughs) I knew it. (laughs) Purpose, purpose, integrity, newsworthy, kindness, karma. There. I love that. That's awesome. (laughs) Say that again a little bit slower so everyone can understand. Purpose, purpose or passion, work with integrity, Keep yourself newsworthy and always lead with kindness and karma. Love it. What's the first thing you notice about a person? Smile. Money or fame? Neither. Early bird or night owl? Early bird. What's your favorite stress-reducing activity? Meditation. What's one thing you want but cannot buy with money? Love. What is one of your favorite entrepreneurial books? Uh, 24-6, The Art of Unplugging One Day a Week. Oh, very cool. Never heard of that one. I'll have to check that out. If you could teach the world one thing, what would that be? Be the light. Entrepreneur life is? A highway. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite way to unwind is? Reading a mystery book. The last book or podcast I listened to or read was? Uh, I'm reading The Lost Apothecary Jar right now by Sarah Penner for my Pink Dreams book club. Okay. If you could change one thing about the world, what would you change? The anger. Okay. That concludes our rapid fire section. (laughs) Yeah, that was awesome. (laughs) Jennifer, if you could sit down and have a one hour conversation with anyone in the world, alive or dead, who would it be and why? I would pick the shaman from Eat, Pray, Love, <laughs> who's passed. Okay. I would pick him. To, to, to Hoot is his name. Okay. I would pick him. And why? And if I couldn't get him, i get the Dalai Lama because <laughs> I would love to be with a, a spiritual being who, can, who is so enlightened, who can really share their wisdom mm-hmm. so that it can be impacted onto the world. Awesome. Who in your life has had the biggest impact on you and why? My grandfather. He, uh, he's passed, but he was an entrepreneur. We're fourth generation hardware store owners. He took me as a child 
to storefronts in New York City. We didn't go to Disney. No, we went to storefronts in New York City. And he would tell me and teach me why the windows were effective and why we would go into, into department stores. And he would explain to me the marketing or he would take me to the Guggenheim for the latest um, art show. So he constantly inspired me to see the world in a much different way for a child than the traditional views. Method to his madness. Yes. I love it. What's the most recent investment you've made in yourself? I guess, oh, I just purchased a VIP ticket yesterday (laughs) for uh, one of my mentors so that I can be um, part of that community in terms of her group and uh, constant learning for my own self and for my own brand. Excellent. What is your personal motto? Be aware, but don't compare. What would you say is one of your biggest failures or life lessons and what did you learn from it? I think going back to just going with your intuition and learning yeah. that, listen to your gut. When you don't, when I don't listen to my gut, it's a shit show. Every <laughs> single time. <laughs> Without fail. Without fail. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> if you could step into my shoes, what would you have asked yourself that I didn't ask you? Oh, great question. Uh, what would you tell your younger self? That's coming up. (laughs) Ah, well, there you go. (laughs) What would you say is one of the most important things you've learned in your life? And what was your life like before learning it? And what was your life like after learning it? I think one of the most important things is as a child, we had a lot of darkness occur. We had our house robbed by four sets of uh, robbers that forever changed the course of my life. I lost my home, my dog, my parents were divorced. It was really very dark. And I never thought at such a young age, I would experience such ugliness and darkness, but that ugliness and darkness aspired me from that. And also being bedridden to appreciate the light. Mm -hmm. So it's important for us to not be afraid of the darkness, to work through the darkness so that we can find the light. Well, darkness leads, but you can't have one without the other. Right. Right. So back to the previous question then that I didn't ask you, but I did ask you, I am going to ask you. Yeah. (laughs) If you could go back and give your younger self one piece of advice, what would that piece of advice be? Have faith in yourself. Not put so much pressure on yourself in terms of, again, outward noise. Mm -hmm. Everybody else's opinion doesn't define who you are. You define who you are. Beautiful. Lastly, if you were to deliver your last 30-second speech to the world, what would that last 30 seconds sound like? I think, again, it just comes back to be the light, share the light. You know, we have an opportunity of making invoking change, and this is more than 30 seconds, but you can smile at someone, you can hold a door for someone, you can pick up a piece of garbage for the environment. You know, there are things we can do that are free and easy, but they make such an impactful change. So be a light in your world. Beautiful. I love it. Jennifer, thank you so much. This has been an incredibly amazing, inspirational Chad, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. I'm so grateful and thankful for you. And I am so inspired by all that you're doing and all that we've talked about. You are an incredibly amazing, inspiring woman. Thank you so much for being here today and sharing your story and being part of the Empower Other community. I appreciate you more than I can tell you. And right back to you. I love everything you're doing. And I appreciate that the time you've spent on the questions and in in the engagement factors. So thank you, Brad, and best of luck with everything you're doing. Thank you. Once again, my name is Brad Walsh, host of your Empowerography podcast. Today, my guest has been Jennifer Ettinger. She is the founder, owner, and CEO of Fit Your Style, as well as the founder, owner, 
founder, owner, and CEO of Pink Dreams Incorporated. Thanks so much, Jennifer. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day. Thank you very much for listening to this podcast. If you haven't yet, please be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share with all your friends. You can find me at visuphoria.ca, follow me on Instagram at Empowerography Podcast, and on Facebook at Empowerography. Please join me next time for another inspirational story from yet another amazing woman.